What's up, Dune fans? Welcome back to the Dune Not Enter podcast, where today we encounter spice enthusiasts negotiating for water. I'm your host, Humphrey Shu, and joining me are my friends and co-hosts, Fillmore John. Hey, guys. And Nolan Zhang. Welcome back. Welcome back, everyone. So here we are in chapter 24, and um, this chapter we will be splitting into two parts. So today we will be covering about the first half of the chapter, and uh, that is until the point uh, where it says you have ways of finding out, perhaps, um, the dialogue between the Fremen and Awat. So um, just to get started, how have y'all's weeks been? Um, Ooh, it's, it's actually, now. Yeah, so. this week was the first week I've had Whataburger. So <laughs> this is really like, I've always wow. thought Whataburger was like slightly better than the other fast food option like McDonald's, Burger King. I was just like, mm. it can't be that much better. I mean, of course, like I've heard it's like Texas's best burger place. And then I was recommended to get like the A1, like sweet and spicy burger. And it was like, it was good. It even looked good. Like it exceeded oh, really? my expectations. Wow. Like, for fast food, that's a new standard for me. I'm expecting good stuff out burger places now. <laughs> uh, okay. My fast food default is Chick-fil-A. I don't know. I don't try water burger. And There's we... like caramelized onions in there with like bacon. Oh. I was like, wait, what? That sounds like, so unhealthy. Oh my God. But that sounds good. <laughs> I mean, that sounds good. Hey, I mean, yeah. I only had water burger once as well. I've had it twice or three times but i never order a burger I just yeah i haven't chicken, ordered chicken a burger either wait what do you get then if you're not like chicken tenders or something like that because i don't know <laughs> i don't know what yeah i just it's just not like it's a burger joint yeah i yeah sure yeah <laughs> uh but we just go with our tennis team sometimes um oh really matches uh, but i think uh, the varsity team went and then they got food poisoning and they don't know if it was, <laughs> we don't know if it was water burger like maybe it was the water at like the tennis match but basically now like nobody wants to go to water burger anymore yeah just the memory <laughs> yeah mm. taste aversion <laughs> so <laughs> that yeah, sucks yeah. really bad bro yeah. water burger is good though i heard it won like first place for like fast food burgers in the u.s mm. or something oh maybe oh, really? I'll, maybe i'll go try it again yeah when i'm at the airport next week maybe if there's a water burger yeah. my favorite burger place is in and out yeah oh I, no yeah in and out should be good too right this week yeah the debate coaches they were discussing it and they slammed in and out they were like those animal fries like thousand ranch dressing they were like that's so nasty no i don't i don't eat their fries i only eat their burgers i don't know i've heard so much about in and out i just want to try it for myself yeah i've had it once too uh, but i don't even remember where or when i just remember i had it at, at some <laughs> point because uh, i like remember like one memory of just like being in in and out but i don't remember what i had or, or where <laughs> i was so yeah, it's basically like i haven't had in and out so i, I remember need like when it first opened in dallas yeah. and like people actually drove up there for that yeah <laughs> that's hilarious oh yeah yeah <laughs> i don't i don't think i had it in texas though maybe it was like somewhere else um well there is one in texas now there's multiple yeah. there's even one at katie i heard oh okay yeah, in yeah. The they yeah. Host this, my like my senior class of 2022 hosted spirit night at the katie location <laughs> wow, wow that's too far, far though yeah, yeah i was just like i'm not going i'm sorry like i love y'all and all but like it's too far for me i don't even have a car like i can't that's go it's like a 30 minute drive from here 
<laughs> yeah, just uh-huh. for some in and out, just for burger, you know. That's like dedication right there. I'm yeah. telling you, some people are really dedicated to in and out cult, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um if that's you, we don't judge. Listen. But you know what? Maybe order me a burger and maybe I'll join the cult too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, someday, someday when uh someday. You know, when it's not 30 minute drive away. <laughs> Anyways. Cool. Um yeah, so Again, I wanted to remind our listeners that we have moved the quote section to the beginning. Um, so now basically what will happen is uh, we will read our quotes um, and we will wait to discuss it until the, the bulk of our discussion. Um, but before <laughs> we get into the quotes, uh, as usual, we'll start with the epigraph. So Nolan, you can take it away. Okay, so I'm only going to do this once because we're not going to be doing this next episode. So yeah, this is <laughs> going to be the epigraph for this chapter today. So it says, my father once told me that respect for the truth comes close to being the basis for all morality. Something cannot emerge from nothing, he said. This is profound thinking if you understand how unstable the truth can be. From conversations with Muad'Dib by the Princess Irulan. So to me, this is quite like a philosophical type of epigraph. Because when I did my IB diploma program, one of the classes that was man- mandated for me was called Theory of Knowledge, which explores like knowledge questions. And one of those explorations was like, what is truth? I learned just like different, uh-huh. there's like three main types, at least in the TOK curriculum, uh-huh. corresponding, coherence, and pragmatic. It's like, okay, so like truth is like, they're all truth in some way, but like in various ways. And my teacher said like the best truth encompasses all three of them. In a mm. sense, I kind of agree that the Padishah Emperor caused truth quote-unquote unstable because like one's perspective and actions are defined by the truths we believe in, even though they may not necessarily be factual truth. And we can only be like respectful to others if we come to acknowledge everyone's different truths in some way or form because that's like the only way to respect and see from their perspective, you know, do the whole like in their shoe thing. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. And it, it kind of ties back into, you know, be able to see points of view right differently mm-hmm. because everyone has a different well i mean there are some things that are ground truth right but yeah, like if you question your reality and you question kind of everything around you you know you'll find a lot of the things that you believed in are not really true and <laughs> what the posture is trying to get get at is that you know basically you have to you know question everything and then from there you know you can kind of develop this morality yeah you have to develop develop your own truth basically mm-hmm. right yeah so it really depends on what you want to believe in um but yeah it's what's really crazy is like the atoms aren't even taught in school like how atoms actually are it was like a big hurdle for me to actually understand what atoms are when like it's not the board model <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i was just like come on it's, it's like the thing that goes inside like they didn't teach you that in chemistry no i do yeah like when i learned that in chemistry it was like mind-boggling because i learned like what atoms were like the Bohr model in sixth grade and it was just like a large hurdle to overcome i was just like i cannot visualize the electrons being like so far apart that like it's not even there anymore i yeah. probably know what the Bohr model is i'm googling it right now it's like <laughs> it's, it's what a is basic it? one it's like the diagram of like neutrons oh, oh yeah it's like the, then, like the electron the shells right yeah the two two and then what four uh six or something right two and then like six six and then i forgot i'm an embarrassment uh, to my teacher i, I thought it was yeah. eight the, yeah, was like, oh maybe like, oh yeah it is eight it's like eight and then 18 eight off, yeah. something like that right oh i'll remember this is why i i'm gonna fail chemistry class next year but that's irrelevant. this is why i'm not <laughs> yeah i'm not a chemistry major guys. Yeah, and none of us will be chemists because we're not yeah we haven't learned the Bohr model and we're seniors <laughs> <laughs> to keep us away from those 
lab beakers. <laughs> yeah, we're probably just gonna create an explosion with all those chemicals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like the Bunsen burner or whatever. Oh my god, I'm so ex- I want to try that. Like, I can't wait for a lab that uses a Bunsen burner. You've never, you've wait, never you still like, haven't like, used one? It's a stupid, oh, like, no. heat plates, you know, like, not the gas Bunsen burners. Like, it's like not exciting. Oh, no, Dang. yeah, we we use Bunsen burners and I use it in freshman year, so no way. Uh, hey, I'm, uh, I'm missing out. Well, yeah, maybe I think we'll I use one as well. I can't really remember though. Well, I'm I'm really excited for chemistry class. You know, you can hear the sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, right. Um, thank you for that uh, interesting philosoph- philosophical discussion. But uh, we'll do our quotes now. So, um, Filmer, you have the first quote as usual. Okay. So my quote for today's episode is: "Will you show me your way, the Arakian way? Maybe Arakian? Arakian? I don't know. Either yeah, way, Arakian, the quote yeah. is short and sweet." Mm-hmm. right yeah and yeah it's, it really comes down to the question of do you know the way or not you know <laughs> yeah we'll so, get to that later yeah right um so my quote was uh Hawat's shocked fury had mounted until it threatened the smooth functioning of his mentat capabilities the size of the attack struck his mind like a physical blow he's smooth brain he's kidding. <laughs> oh no <laughs> yeah no that's kind of what i read at the beginning yeah i was like what? the smoothness of his brain <laughs> like, oh no his phones yeah. don't exist i was like what his brain is so smooth that every single attack just slides <laughs> off i know yeah. I, was, I didn't reread that i was like that's not what it means yeah <laughs> okay so for my quote also chose a pretty short quote i chose is it possible the way is long fremen don't like to say no Mm-hmm. Wait, that yeah. quote sounds kind of wrong in certain ways. Uh, <laughs> Why? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, you're, you're, you're right. Gilmore, you, y'all's quotes kind of tie together because you know it's mm-hmm. all about will you show me your way, and then the way is long. So yeah, I don't know. Okay. We maybe, but I don't think they have anything uh, related to each other. But we'll see. That's mm-hmm. cool. Um, yeah. So uh, <laughs> enough with that. Uh, let's get into the bulk of the discussion here. So uh, we started in Fufir Hawat's point of view, and we haven't seen him for quite a while. I think the last time we saw him, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, we saw him when he was confronting Jessica, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't think we've seen him since. Yeah. And then, yeah, and he's still pretty salty about that, as we'll find out. <laughs> but um, yeah, but, but I'm, you know, he's alive, right? Ooh. And that's that was to be expected, but. Oh, it's I mean, yeah, it's slightly mentat. surprising yeah um mm-hmm. and he's still kind of in his in his mentat madness right and he's he's here with a fremen man and he's never named in this chapter but right. seemingly some sort of form of commoner or not too high ranking um because there's no mention of that so we can kind of assume that and mm-hmm. even though he's a commoner he's still very special just due to his nature as a fremen um which goes to show how advanced the fremen are even their weakest are so strong right mm-hmm. I'm glad to see that the old man is still alive, in, alive and kicking, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, definitely. Yeah, it's he it's good to tired, see that he's, he's alive. He may be tired. He may be wrong. You know, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Wrong. Uh, at least he's still here. He was nice to Paul, so that's uh, yeah. in my book. Yeah. I mean, as long as Paul can convince him that Jessica's not the traitor, then he'll be <laughs> back on their side. Yeah. Right, but we'll see about that. Mm-hmm. But you know what's really funny to me? I can't believe, like, right after an epigraph of, like, in Princess Ireland talking about her father's lesson respecting the truth despite it being, like, unconformable, it's just absolutely hilarious how, like, Herbert starts off this entire, like, chapter with this quote from Hawaii. Like, 
I've always prided myself on seeing things the way they truly are. <laughs> it's just like, oh, what? No. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's so it's kind of ironic given our uh -huh. discussion about truth isn't def it's defined in multiple ways. Uh -huh. Right. And then uh, and then Hawada is here saying, oh, sure, yeah, I know. I know the truth for sure. And he doesn't because he's wrong so many ways, you know, uh -huh. um, <laughs> he's just like, wow. so he's a little overconfident here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's just like. He prides himself on seeing the truth, at least a very observable statistical physical truth, which isn't like there's nothing wrong with that. It's just mm -hmm. that mentats are the pinnacle of what humans have been able to achieve in analyzing tangible truth. That's a hard truth perceivable by human ability. And like it's the base of what we know as fact. However, we know that's not gonna like carry you so far in scenarios where you don't get all the factors, such as like Jessica being the traitor. That's what he thinks. But he just doesn't know all the factors. And it's like sad to say it, but like he's just not right in this scenario, even though everything points to her. Right, because some mm. things they just can't be explained through facts. Because yeah, like there's a bunch of supernatural enough. abilities, like what the Bene Gesserit can do. We still don't have a clear explanation of how that happens. Yeah, it seems the supernatural still, even though Herbert has kind of thrown us clues about what how it could happen scientifically. Yeah, right. It's not so clear. It's not yeah. Explained scientifically in this book, and nobody else in the <laughs> world, in this at least in this Doom world, knows how it scientifically works, except for the Bene Gesserit themselves, possibly. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm yeah but also real quickly i just want to point out the introduction of some new terms like there's a new term sappho i believe it's some type of spice or like performance enhancing substance that Whoa, there's there's peds that exist in uh <laughs> in the dune world uh, that people are doping <laughs> yeah. so, he needs he needs to he's don't do drugs kids guys. i mean basically i mean <laughs> They've, they've been doping, though, what uh, that Lido was taking those five hour energies. All yeah, the anti fatigue yeah. pills. Yeah. Well, actually, Safa was mentioned in book one, I believe, on page 98 of our PDF. And oh. it gave him a cranberry colored stain on his mouth. It was like what he was drinking or I think. Okay. Wow, that's a good, that's like the monster of the Doom world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. Red Bull gives you wings. Red Bull. <laughs> Red Bull gives you a red mouth. Yeah. <laughs> it's cranberry that's colored. Yeah, that's a little. Just imagine it's like you know, like the I don't know. Is, is it like the cotton candy, or is it like those? It's like the candy that leaves like the stain on your mouth. There's a lot of candies that do that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Very right. sad. And this is why I avoid candy. I mean, it's just yeah. food coloring. So mm, right. Yeah. This is why I avoid messy candy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just some basic stuff. Thank you very much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, another weird thing that I wanted to point out is just like speculation, but Hawat says like the first light of false dawn. Like, mm, what does false dawn mean? Like, first light is Hawat implying there's like multiple suns on Arrakis and not just like multiple moons because we heard it about it before when like Leto described the landscape. But how can the dawn be false? You know, I don't really understand that. I think you're just looking into it too much. I think he's just trying to say that it's not yet completely dawn. Oh. <laughs> um, there's some like other speculation about um maybe like the the war going on and like a lot of like lights and stuff oh, you know, from right. the lasers i don't i'm probably reading too much into it too but that's also kind of what i thought of if you want to analyze it a bit um i heard in, like he, vietnam like the memoirs of like echo company they describe how the tracers like lit up the sky so like, and, like oh, the flares yeah. so yeah yeah that's that's kind of what i imagine um but mm -hmm. i mean from what we can know i mean the the battle has basically died down at this point so probably that's You're stuck not... in a cave yeah, yeah, and they're in the <laughs> so, yeah, right. So it's revealed where Hawat was when all of this happened to go down. Um, he was at Simpo, 
and it's a garrison garrison village for Carthag. So Carthag is the Harkonnen base, right? Um, that we encountered in book two. Um, and it seems that he was quite caught off guard by the raid, so he wasn't prepared for it whatsoever. And I don't know how the Harkonnens like concealed it so well that Hawat didn't even catch any wind of the raid. Um, he didn't hear, you know, a peep coming out of the Harkonnens and bam, you know, they're on top of a rocking. Um, so I mean, couldn't you see the ships like flying in physically or something, or couldn't you use some type of radar or just to <sighs> detect? So confusing. Yeah. Yeah, like I know like in Star Wars it's like Whenever like they come out of hyperspace or something like that, they just appear on your radar. And everyone knows that you're there or something. Like uh -huh. the defense system goes off or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's just I like yeah, it's so weird because like it's not even like he got jumped on, but like his expectations were exceeded by tenfold. So it's not just like they snuck around him. It's just that they totally exceeded what he was even thinking in the first place. Like how yeah. is that possible? Like. How, how was he not expecting a giant raid? Like, they're in the middle of a former Harkonnen stronghold. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I guess, you know, the magnitude of the raid he wouldn't have expected, right? Because, but, I mean, especially, like, the raid happening and, you know, because Hawat made this pretty big mistake of initially passing it off as a test raid. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, so basically, that's, like, an example of one of the many mistakes he's been making recently and he's i think hawat is like the mistake character because he's it's just so been sad. making mistake <laughs> after mistake after mistake recently mm -hmm. and i don't know what herbert's trying to say because we know hawat has good intentions so <laughs> is he just Truth this is. permanently unlucky you know Unstable. 50 50 guess the wrong side kind of person or uh oh, no. or, or what because it's you know it's a little bit disorienting that he's... Maybe he's just showing that like factual thinking is a little outdated now. <laughs> yeah, but we can discuss that when we get to more about Hawaii. Uh -huh. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so I wanted to discuss my quote of the week here. Um, and again, I'll read it. So, Hawat's shock fury had mounted until it threatened the smooth functioning of his mentat capabilities. The size of the attack struck his mind like a physical blow. So. Okay, so let's take this quote and kind of look at it. So remember back in chapter two, Peter hinted that the prospect of Jessica being a traitor would, you know, impede Hawat's function and make him, you know, lose his mental capabilities and kind of make him, you know, super focused on this. Yeah, super focused on this idea. And then it would hurt his other functions, right? So from what I can see here, it seems that heavy emotions are what impact a mentat because they are computers. So I suppose it makes sense that they're trying not to let emotions get to them um, yeah. and interfere with the calculations, right? So, mm -hmm. because another example would be, you know, Pitter, when he was uh, being taunted by the Baron, I, he also showed a lot of irrationality, uh, even though he's a mentat, right? So, uh, so like, yeah. I, I just, like, find it hard because, like, obviously, mentats do have feelings, but they're expected to do a role that is like unfeeling and it's just really difficult on the on like their body and like mental state the strain yeah. of it is just really tiring i mean and we already saw paul and of course paul is like a, a super Extreme special case <laughs> yeah but he was trying to balance the human side and the computer side and he had a mental breakdown you know so well, well, it was also the first time his powers like truly awakened yeah, and though. also it was it's like way stronger than a mentat's powers right yeah. mm -hmm. 
So also really like how they use the adjective smooth. <laughs> just like <laughs> yeah. makes me think of Hawat's brands like constantly spinning heavy metal ball that just like suddenly it's gonna like slowly like slow down by Jessica. Oh, yeah, no. yeah. I, I I don't know. I imagine like the loading circle on top, <laughs> <laughs> just like loading. Oh, you know. Yeah. I fear the rainbow like the circle on like whenever I open up like the computer like the Apple computer. At school, oh yeah. Like, like, oh, the rainbow wheel of death. Yeah, yeah, oh, right. I yeah. hear that. Mm -hmm. Who doesn't? Because that means that your program just crashed, which is great because <laughs> now you just lost a ton of work. Yes. Yeah, that so, sucks so bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, right, but uh, yeah. I'm so yeah, it's, it's, mm -hmm. like I was just wondering because like how they knew every single person's placement and like how the troop strength are, but I'm just thinking because the traders you wait obviously, but aren't like doctors kept out of military intelligence or like that's above their security clearance isn't it i just found it weird well i mean the doctor had connections to the harkonnen so he was probably well briefed yeah and i think especially sock school doctors because they have such prestige right mm -hmm. um that i think they probably have more sway or they they can rise up the ranks more i, I guess right yeah, because um, they have sort of a guarantee on their loyalty. Yeah. Except, yeah, in this case, it didn't really work. I mean, but this is the, the you know, the the case to end all cases, right? <laughs> yeah, Death. yeah, yeah. So I don't know. So Hawat, uh, basically, we've already mentioned that he underestimated heavily the the size of the raid. But uh, I wanted to talk about you know just what the size of the raid was. So he expected the attack to just be some like random probing raids, right? We were talking about like the test raid, and but he only expected 10 brigades for a full attack, so that's what he expected. So instead, he got 50. Okay, so think about that. Um, he underestimated five times, and so bad. <laughs> yeah, here's a quote I wanted to read with everything involved in the attack, and it's a list basically. But there were more than 2,000 ships down in Arrakis at the last count, not just lighters, but frigates. frigates scouts monitors crushers troop carriers dump boxes more than a hundred brigades 10 legions so it's actually not i don't know why it said 50 brigades i think the book said 50 brigades and then and the whole watt said over 100 so i don't know if they're trying to exaggerate or there was uh there was some error there uh yeah. but basically okay, i guess for dramatic effects you can get more than 100 brigades well, maybe so, it's just yeah. like 50s like on the ground right now, but like there's still more to come, you know? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Talk maybe about unexpected, like, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally oh, unexpected. Right. Yeah, that's that they just the heart mopped the floor <laughs> with. Destroyed. Yeah, they mopped the like, floor with them. Yeah. It's crazy, though, the extent of the expense of the attack that it will cost the Harkonnens because they mentioned how it cost them 50 years of annual Arrakis spice income. And if even a handful of like spice could buy you a mansion, that much spice sounds like it could buy entire like planets or like solar systems, even like Ooh, fifty yeah. years of like like tons of spice. It doesn't make sense to me. Like at the same time, mm -hmm. though, this enormous cost does give us some like I guess idea of how much it costs civilizations to move around. So like maybe the reason why civilizations in the Doom world are kept in check. I guess like on planet is the massive cost it takes to do off-world operations initially we wonder like why interplanetary travel wasn't more popular well just like here we see that even like 10 legions which is like i guess about 
sixty thousand men because a Roman legion is about six thousand men,、uh-huh. just like with supplies, just to build a town, right? That's like sixty thousand is about like a townish, like a large town maybe. This、yeah. is like that one town will cost an exorbitant cost to move. No wonder like people colonizing planets is not like a common hobby among rulers in the Doom world.、Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't、yeah. understand that till、mm-hmm. now. It's strange because you would expect such an advanced civilization to have more affordable transportation. Like、uh-huh. even now, certain millionaires or billionaires even are traveling to space. But、yeah. I mean, I guess in order to fit the medieval futuristic theme, transportation is super expensive. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought the medieval futuristic theme because basically, you know, throughout the whole book, a theme has been, yeah, we're we're still stuck in the present or even. In the past, but、mm-hmm. somehow we're located in the future. So、somehow. it's kind of yeah. So it's it's really it's not a direct future that Herbert is writing. It's kind of like、mm-hmm. an alternate future where things don't develop as always expected. It's like a backward、oh. society that somehow has futuristic capabilities.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's like some futuristic capabilities and some Stone Age capabilities. You know, <laughs> you can't tell which is which sometimes. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. Or not which is which, but you can't like tell what will happen. Just、uh-huh. like we expected them to use, sometimes they use las guns, sometimes they use knives. You know, like sometimes the they use shields, sometimes they、yeah. use artillery. I mean, let's be honest. Nowadays, you know, when armies fight, nobody's using any melee combat. It's just guns. Oh, guns. unless you're in the trenches, yeah. yeah like unless like well, it's like like room to room combat, and it's like yeah. no. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, room to room combat. I don't know. People just like、Pistol. blow up pew, the pew. building. Yeah. <laughs> So, anyways, I mean, some、yes. guns have bayonets, but not very yeah, common. Yeah, it's, it's out of fashion nowadays. I, I heard the Israelite, like the defense force of Israel, because they fight in a mostly urban environment, they got like some weird little, like kind of like SMG, like tiny, tiny guns. Like it looks really、wow. weird. Yeah, they、so、have a P90 to spray and pray. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's, it's, like、um, it's the design's weird. Uh huh. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. That's really interesting and. Sixty thousand people to move in t- in year ten thousand now. Fifty <laughs> years of spice. Yeah, that's, that's nobody's、insane. moving at all now. Yep, nobody's. You know, in order, you know, you better have a full life savings. Better have a few houses. You know, you can donate to the space and guild before、Or、you want to、like、move. Kingdoms to like just move like a small town. Yeah,、mm-hmm. yeah, but Hawat,、uh, with all his reason and mentat calculations, he makes his second mistake. Uh, of this、Great. chapter, and I don't even know if it's second because I haven't really been counting. It's probably made a lot by now, but he, he's he still thinks Jessica is the traitor. So,、mm-hmm. as the reader, I'm kind of dying inside with all this dramatic irony because it's you know I'm just screaming. You know, Jessica's not the traitor. Can you not see? Like, but we have to remember. <laughs> we have to remember what Hawat knows and what we know, right? So, cut him a little bit of slack,、uh-huh. um, but just a little.、Uh, and but I suppose that you know Hawat is like not to be blamed because there's. Like no signs whatsoever, Yue would be the perpetrator of the crime. Like no one could have seen it coming,、um, especially not Hawat with his logic. He probably just pruned out that that like scenario so long ago. You know, it's like, like a logic、considered. puzzle. It's just like there's no way this happens. X. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's like an illusion. You know,、mm-hmm. yeah, yeah,、uh, yeah. So and plus, like no, yeah. So no one knew the imperial conditioning could be broken. So it's I guess it's not totally his fault. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just like this is a, another reference, just back to the unstable truth from the Padishah Emperor for Hawat. Very sad. Yeah,、moment. I mean, 
I guess it's all truth. Uh, I guess everything Hawat thinks is truth, but it's truth only to him. You know, so that's, <laughs> yeah. his, that's his interpretation of truth. Yeah, you know, honestly, now when, wrong. Yeah, and now whenever someone's wrong, I can just go up to them and say, you know, that's just your interpretation of truth. Yeah, it really yeah. is. That's that's literally mm. what human truth is. It is like individuals who believe something until they don't because someone revoked their privilege and educated them otherwise yeah right. but some people they just continue to believe cling on to that belief even though it's completely wrong uh-huh. i mean with those people you just can't do much uh-huh. look their life is the truth and then that's fine as long as it doesn't interfere right <laughs> and it's just like oh well yeah uh-huh. anyways so jessica literally proved to hawa's face that she wasn't the traitor and he still suspects her oh my gosh I'm starting to doubt his mentat capabilities a little. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> he's Honestly, overheating yeah. right now. Yeah, he's, he's you know, his loading wheel keeps spinning. <laughs> <laughs> it's spinning with no end. He's about it's to like, be sawed. It's like the yeah, it's like the computer coding programs where you don't actually have a solution, so it just keeps loading forever because you actually screwed up your code and it's a forever running loop. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um so I, it's also good that Gurney is alive. That's our next mm-hmm. revelation. But he's probably consumed some spice while on Arrakis, and because when Hawat says, you know, "Oh, at least one of us is getting off this hell planet alive," or something along those yeah. lines, like, wow. yeah, he's not. You know, he's he's probably consumed some spice. You know, maybe like spice beer or something. And he's, you know, oh, yeah, once he's... you get away from that that thing, you know, you're never you're never leaving. Um, I don't know. Hawaii is just so far behind the amount of knowledge that Paul and Jessica have, and consequently that we have, right? Because mm-hmm. we've been in their heads. Uh, but like, yeah, he's just so far behind. Yeah. Also, it's okay. interesting because, like, I think of them being like the whole spice gimmick where you get trapped on a rack is. I feel uh, like it's Persephone, like the story of Persephone. 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 Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry, guys. Okay. Yeah, well, our so pronunciation sorry. has like everybody's pronunciation here has been consistently bad. We probably mispronounced so many things recently. Yeah, we've butchered yeah, so many yeah. names. <laughs> yeah, so Persephone, my bad. It's okay. <laughs> so, like, I think of it as like her story where a single pomegranate seed was enough to trap her inside the underworld. So, I think of it as like a single meal of spice is enough to trap you in Arrakis. However, mm. I mean, kind of brings up a weird thought of like now all the people who failed to have enough money to buy spice died from withdrawal like if like the baron actually stopped buying pit or drug would he have like just suffered and withered to death i don't know um i think it's like two things so uh one thing is like i don't think that's happening because if it happens then it would have been connected to the spice like there yeah, would have been like cases that rose up like oh yeah this person consumed spice and then later they died when they didn't have it and then it wouldn't have been like a realization for paul and jessica when they realized oh the spice is a killing poison so mm-hmm. think futurist opioid crisis yeah you're right <laughs> it's a right, poison yeah. that extends your lifespan yeah it's literally the opium wars all over again yeah <laughs> <laughs> right and so that's that's what i'm what i'm thinking you know uh because otherwise they would have realized already yeah mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure that there's a certain threshold of no return, but yeah. I don't think you have to have the blue eyes to be unable to live without spice because I'm pretty sure at this point in the story, Paul and Jessica don't have blue eyes, but yeah. they still can't live without it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I think just a little bit, any anything maybe. Um, and the other thing I, I just remember I was going to say also was that like the people who can 
buy spice since it's so expensive it's more likely that they're already financially well off so there's also fewer cases that they will die from withdrawal because they'll always be able to purchase That's it true. if that makes sense mm -hmm. um yeah because they're rich already so it's not like they'll stop being rich uh -huh. yeah right. um right um yeah so a good 95 percent of hawat's men are dead or wounded that's that's great great to hear um but yeah this this really shows how poorly the Atreides fared in this battle under the leadership of hawat and and gurney right and they even had to cut up their thopter and bury it. that's just the ultimate you know we lost move like right? grounded it, now yeah it, it's basically a, a petty you know yeah we lost so you can't take our supplies right you know uh -huh. rather like like this those on people I, I remember playing video games and people would rather burn themselves alive than uh than like let, let me have yeah let me have yeah they yeah. won't let me loot them well, I mean, part of the reason is because they don't want the ornithopter to be seen, like the remains of <laughs> That's it. True. Uh -huh. Yeah. I mean, at this point, it's like no longer a battle between the Harkonnens and the Atreides. It's just a massacre of all the Atreides people. <laughs> yeah. It's like typically, it's like this is the point. Well, like even way before this point, it's supposed to surrender because the cost is way too high to continue the battle. But I'm yeah. pretty sure that the Harkonnens aren't accepting surrender, so I don't know. Maybe they're they're probably making the right choice. Mm -hmm. At least like. Hawat isn't entirely in the dark about where the Harkonnen troop positions are. Like, he has, like, the general direction, you know? That's, that's not bad. Yeah. So, like, he also knows, like, the general escape route. So, all's not doomed. At least with, at least with the help of the Fremen, right? Mm -hmm. To me, though, however, it still just seems really unlikely that Hawat makes it off alive. Especially if he keeps prioritizing the life of his men. Because, yeah. like, half of his men are injured, right? That'll be, like, hard mm -hmm. to save them all. So, uh, I don't know. Walking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's like a cat and mouse game where the Harkonnens are the cats hunting for little rodents hidden away in the basin. Except the <laughs> rodents yeah. can't, like, they don't have the same mobility anymore. Yeah, they can't fight back at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's a little it's a little sad and dire the situation that they're in, and you know, um, and we'll get to uh, exactly what they have to do to get out of the situation very soon. But um, I wanted to read. Uh, the description of our Fremen uh, friend here, and um, we don't have to discuss it too much, but I just wanted the audience to kind of hear it again. Um, so it goes: the Fremen across from Haw sorry, let me restart that. Uh, the Fremen across from Hawat threw back his hood and steel suit cap to reveal sandy hair and beard. The hair was combed straight back from a high, thin forehead. He had the unreadable, total blue eyes of the spice diet. Beard and mustache were stained at one side of the mouth. His hair matted there by pressure of the looping catch tube from his nose plugs. So, yeah, interesting. Um, he's, you know, sandy hair. So um, he has and... hair. This is amazing, guys. Yeah, what? <laughs> yeah. Why do you always imagine them as bald? I don't know why. <laughs> it, okay, this is why I'm going to tell you. Because whenever you wear like a hat or covering, because uh -huh. of the friction created with long-term usage, your hair is supposed to like shed away or like it's, it becomes ungrowable in those areas. Oh, That's really? why. People who wear baseball caps and those baseball dads have, I don't, don't, don't want to call them out, but you know, like they do have. Oh, yeah. My yeah. friend, like, he wore like a, he wore like caps for a bit and then he stopped because he was like, the area, you know, the friction area was like, I was growing, I was balding at like a teenager. I was like, ah, like, I'm never wearing a cap again. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would so, be like, so bad thing. if you just started randomly balding and you had no idea. Yeah, like, you just keep wearing a hat and then one day you're just all bald. It's insane. Yeah. Like this Fremen still has hair, guys. I'm just like, this is a proud accomplishment. Okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, these these Fremen have got it going. They've got the, the vitamins, you know, keep that hair growing. 
Yeah. Um, but what do you guys think the Fremen was going to say instead of worm? Uh, like, because, Ooh. you know, Hawa was saying, oh, he's going to say something else. But what else could the shields attract, basically, is my question, other than worms. So I don't think the Fremen are necessarily afraid of the worms since they kind of know the desert well. It sounded like something scarier, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It's really hard to envision just anything scarier than a massive sandworm. But maybe it's like the giant squid scenario where, like, you thought that was scary, but then you met the colossal squid and then you just, like, faint and die. And it's like, I give up life. <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> There's such thing as a colossal squid. Yeah, is yeah, it? there is. Like, I saw that on Wildcraft. Like, wait, what? <laughs> I'm like, huh. what? You watched that oh, show? I thought that was a, um, I just thought that was like a like what you would say to, to describe like it's big. No, oh, really? Yeah, I thought colossal squids and giant squids were the same thing. No, but I did some research today, big. and they're not the same thing. And colossal squids bigger. <laughs> it's like, oh. Supposedly, it's bigger, but I heard that the giant squid is longer. Yeah, I, I cannot. I don't know. I can't really imagine it, to be honest. I wonder if it tastes any good, though. Anyways, mm. I honestly can't imagine what beast could be more terrifying than a sandworm, though. Because yeah. as we all know, sandworms are humongous and they have razor, razor sharp teeth. You just get swallowed. It's like you're gone. Bye bye. Yeah. I can't imagine it. I don't know. But personally, something more tangible right now is Hawat's health. He needs to be more worried for his own personal health right now instead of worrying about stuff like outside a cave. Because he seems more exhausted to me than even Jessica was from last chapter. Mm -hmm. Because Jessica has Paul, and now, you know, as we've discussed, she has a new hope in raising Paul and, you know, I guess St. Elia the Knife to save the Atreides further down the line. But, you know, all we see here is Hawat has his ragged band of wounded man. And the only thing left to him is his desire to enact revenge against Jessica. And he's kind of like losing his touch as an Aussie mentat, but I guess in a way he's also like mentally fatigued, burnt out, and has limits. Right. Not to mention he's unable to let his guard down because his men are watching him. So he needs to act as a leader and can't let out let out his tears like Jessica and Paul. Because remember in that one moment in the tent, Paul couldn't he couldn't tear up even though his father died. But once like everything settled down, he finally let his tears out. Yeah, and like Hawass is in this bad place because he doesn't have the same level of privacy as Paul. I mean, like Paul has some. I mean, it's his mom. It's his mom, guys. Chill out. Like <laughs> he has privacy. Hawass oh. is stuck in a room of other people. Yeah. Also, there's the Fremen next to him, and if the Fremen start started seeing him crying, he would be like, "What a waste of water and whatnot." Oh yeah, it's like I don't understand this man. <laughs> it's like <laughs> what a scientific waste of water, and it's like it's. I don't know. That would it's be really kind of, weird. Uh -huh. But also, on page 210, at least in our book, we come to my quote, which is like, is it possible? The way is long. Fremen don't like to say no. It's like, it reminds me of this stupidly optimistic phrase, where there's a will, there's a way. Oh um, my, so cliche. Yeah, it's like, like, senior quote stuff, you know, like. Bro, I can't on. deal with people who just write super cliche stuff. Yeah. It just well, sounds so superficial to me. And then those people that read books, like who go and read Oscar Wilde books just to get a quote from them. It's like, uh, okay, chill out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but like it truly displays the Fremen's unending perseverance developed from living on a planet that everyone else calls unlivable. Because mm -hmm. for them, nothing is exactly no, because they overcame like many impossibles, right? So right. they kind of just assume that like 
the limit of humanity isn't quite there yet. Like it's not. I'm not cap. You know, like they could go over that. Like I can go over. <laughs> I can go beyond my limits. A hundred ten percent. Of course, and then like. 110 120 like i'm 200 percent okay it's like okay sounds like every shonen protagonist (laughs) yeah but in my opinion this quote is a lot better than the silly overused catchphrase because herbert's quote kind of highlights the struggles necessary to get to such a go in the first place Mm -hmm. doesn't delude like the individual into like false optimism instead inspires one to prepare for a long bitter fight of determination awaiting ahead of them Mm mm-hmm I don't know how they do it, though, because most of the stuff that I do, I have to dilute. Okay, so it seems like the only currency the Fremen take is water, and Hawat's basically gotten on, so he's broke. Yeah, so <laughs> it's karma. It's it's basically karma for not building that water retention facility on, on Iraq, in Arakeen, right, when he had the chance yeah, to save really some water, you know, uh, or at least uh, convince the, the Duke to build something like that, and now he's got no water, right? So, uh, so basically... Water. From what I can see, the Fremen is asking him to sacrifice his wounded for water, which in mm. return for the Fremen helping him. Um, so we'll see. It's a yeah. strange payment, yeah. But like the mm. Fremen go about it as if it's natural for those incapable of moving on, just like to sacrifice all that they have left to ensure the survival of the rest of the group, which uh-huh. I'm sure maybe like in their society it probably is the norm or something. I just feel like these extreme choices really highlight the weight of responsibility that some of these Fremen have to carry. And just like right. every individual within Fremen society has to carry because like it's just like he asks Hawa, like it's their decision. Like he well, he doesn't ask, he tells Hawa it's their decision to make. So like each Fremen has like this great responsibility to not only think about themselves, but the tribe as the as a whole, you know. Uh-huh. But like it's also like a privilege in a way to never have to make such decisions involving like the living or the dying of others. But the Fremen just are not out- opted out of that option. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they re- also- they remind me a little bit, and I'm not trying to be racist or anything, but like I remember the Japanese had something along those lines where uh, they they would you know they would do like tactical sacrifices, you know. Um, oh, uh, right. yeah. Battle. I don't <laughs> yeah, know. That, I don't think that would be racist because you're also Asian. Yeah. But maybe more <laughs> well, stereotypical. I mean, I'm not, I'm not well, Japanese though. But true. yeah, not I'm, I'm not trying to be like, but in World War II, you know, they had a lot of like tactical sacrifices. The kamikaze. Um, and there's also yeah, like the, the kamikazes. Yeah. But like yeah. even the bonsai attacks where like they just rushed like when they ran out of like bullets or something and they just rushed at you with sticks oh that was really saddening to hear because like yeah. you're not gonna you're not gonna make it i'm sorry don't <laughs> like, don't yeah, bring but, a stick to a gunfight yeah but it seems like the fremen are you know willing to do whatever it takes for the tribe which reminds me of japanese the japanese and that's that's a compliment you know because they're the really Empire. dedicated yeah um yeah so that kind of yeah. i don't know what yeah that, that reminds me of you know them a little bit Mm-hmm. And also because of the conditions they live in, every day is survival of the fittest. It's yeah. Darwinism at its finest. Right, yeah. <laughs> also, the chances of survival after being heavily wounded in Arrakis is basically close to zero. So, uh-huh. I mean, I guess you can sacrifice yourself so others have a chance of surviving or you just die without like giving your water to anybody. It's not even like yeah. you can, it's like you should in this yeah. case. Like, <laughs> they need your water. Yeah. Yeah, or or you either give your water to your tribe or put that water to use before it runs out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Drinks um... it back. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like you're still soup processing your blood. <laughs> it's, uh, I uh, mean, yeah, it's probably good enough too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right, but it, it's kind of weird also because instead of saying that the Hawat and the Fremen don't understand each other, uh, Herbert instead says that 
uh, word sounds were not being linked <laughs> up sounds. here in the normal manner. Right, word sounds. So implies <laughs> that they have like literal language differences. So it seems that they can still understand each other, right? So what does this mean? Um, I don't I, know. I, kinda know. I feel like they're operating on two different wavelengths because like Hawaii's such a literal mm. thinker. He's taking everything for like its literal definition while the Fremen is talking like some weird religious context, you know? So it's a little more abstract. So it's just like super hard for Hawaii to see from the Fremen's perspective. Uh -huh. I mean, partly maybe because like he's mentally fatigued and the rest of his willpower is being spent like engulfed in the flames of revenge that he's not considerate enough to maybe slow down and see what like the Fremen need or want from him. Like he's just like trying to like search for a quick definitive answer because in a way his mental capabilities are telling him that he needs to find help now or else his men are going to die and he's going to lose like what 95% of his fighting force. However, uh -huh. like it's also pretty simple. Like the Fremen give hospitality for limited time like that's what he's thinking and like he pays them once he restores everything you know like once like in the in the case scenario that everything comes back he could just repay them you know it's just debt you know like, he could do that but, but he fails to cons yeah like, he just fails right. to consider the from his limited resources but also like his own ability to reinstall the treaties back into power but also like the from his capabilities of like saving the wounded i don't even know yeah he seems like he's hospitals. under He's underestimating the Fremen and overestimating himself. <laughs> he's just like, don't worry, I'll pay you back, bro. Like, I got yeah. this. Like, yeah. we'll definitely get everything yeah. back. So There's no space. guarantee yeah. of him getting everything back. And if they just help him for no reason, then he's just the dead man. Yeah, he's going to take his water. Not even no <laughs> yeah. guarantee he'll get everything back. It's more like there's a guarantee that he'll get nothing back with the, exactly. with, the, with the way things are progressing here. It seems like, you know, everything uh -huh. is lost. Um, it's a negative like, ROI. Yeah, yeah, very it's negative. Like trying to like convince you to buy war bonds when they're losing the war. <laughs> well, you not not when they're losing the war when they've already lost the war and your yeah, currency is lost worthless. The war, like... And you're trying, <laughs> yeah. you're trying, the people are trying to get you by war bonds. That's essentially what's going on here. Yeah, uh -huh. they're gonna start switching to crypto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, NFTs. Yeah, investing in <laughs> investing in worthless things. Essentially, that's what the Fremen would do uh, if mm -hmm. if they go along with Hawats. Oh, I'll repay you, bro. No problem. Plan, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, the Fremen are pretty brutal, though, right? And we were talking about how they're yeah. they're like tribe-like nature, but they said that the wounded are their own responsibility. So that's <laughs> a little, you know, leave leave them to die kind of thing. Like, but it really hurt, you know? speaks to the independence of them, even though they're in a tribe. They they're still like independent. Like... Yeah, like you basically whatever is more beneficial to the tribe first, you know. Yeah, like family first, right? Tribe first. Um, mm -hmm. Your individual second. Uh, it's also, it's like, it's almost impossible though, like to, f I don't know how the Fremen feel united as a community, but it just seems so strange to me because as soon as like an individual hurts themselves, I guess the Fremen teach, I guess each of their little Fremen children that like, once you can't uphold the tribe's responsibilities, like you gotta go, bro. Like you gotta give it up for the rest of the tribe. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, I guess they're thinking of the whole big picture instead of like a small portion of themselves, which is yeah, good. Yeah, just like the difference in thinking, like they think holistically, like and like an entire society instead yeah. of just individuals. Uh huh. Right. I mean, because yeah. overall, that that'll be more beneficial, although it can be quite mm -hmm. cruel. It's not to yeah. yeah, just the whole trend. Oh, but also like when the Fremen puts his hand on his hidden weapon and suggests to Hawat, "Would you have me take that decision away from you?" It just felt like the Fremen implied that 
does Hawat want the Fremen to kill him to relieve him of this pain? I'm not really sure. To relieve him of this decision? The, perhaps? Yeah, the, the massive decision to kill his own man. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I, mean, like, I thought he wanted to kill the wounded people to relieve him of the pain or the oh, responsibility. Yeah, it's like, uh-huh. look away, Hawat. I'll deal with it. Because <laughs> yeah. Hawat yeah, is a good fighter. There's no point in yeah. killing him. Uh-huh. Yeah, true, true. Right. Uh, Hawat has something to offer potentially, but the way right. don't. Yeah. Um, at least um, the Fremen say that no amount of Harkonnen money could buy anything from the Fremen. So it goes <laughs> to show how much they hate each other. Um, so that's good to hear still that, yeah, from, from them personally. Yeah. Hey, they're unbuyable, invaluable uh, assets. <laughs> right. I mean, they are invaluable. Hawat doesn't realize that. <laughs> I just kind of don't understand why Hawat doesn't understand this. However, he, like he thinks it's impossible because the Harkonnens were able to buy off the entire guild, basically. But it also shows how disconnected Hawat is from Fremen values and traditions that he can't understand why it is why why their loyalty is unbuyable. You know what I mean? Uh huh. Well, yeah. it is his job to be skeptical about everything, but even so, he got it. He's got to look at the facts, which is literally his job. But he's yeah, not he's doing that. Like, yeah, yeah, facts don't like... care about your feelings, dude. <laughs> <laughs> not in a time of crisis like right now. Like he's uh-huh. gonna die. His men are gonna yeah. die. They're all gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite negative. Yeah, Got to think should... optimistically. Right. They're not all gonna die. They're all gonna live. Because Paul exists. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> enter the Muad'Dib. <laughs> no, enter, enter. Okay, so I'm also confused because they bring up this term about Byzantine corruption. Like, I don't uh-huh. understand what Herbert means by that. Like, I don't understand if it's a historical reference to the fall of the Byzantine Empire, or is it just like the definition that I like, kind of found, which is like a large political system filled with constant internal strife and corrupted officials. I don't know. Well, I actually did some research on this, and apparently Herbert is essentially saying that I think it's their relation with the Empire, the relation between the Fremen and the Empire, I think, and uh-huh. is so immensely complex that it is essentially at the point of collapsing and corruption. Um, I, th- I think it's more like their own bureaucracy is yeah. so... Oh, is, is, is it referring to their own? Uh, that's what I read it as. Because um, like, the Fremen is like, they took as an insult, right? Right. Yeah. Honestly, I was ca- quite confused would, by the quote that they would deal with the Harkonnens. Uh, they they thought I was insulting. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, I think that, that yeah, I think it was more referring to them that they wouldn't. They even though their their tribes are massive, it's not that there's they're still very orderly and you know good structure um, and not like corrupted. It's just oh, a weird reference. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. It's just a really sense. weird reference. I just mm-hmm. didn't yeah. understand. Yeah, I didn't really know what and especially it's a little out of character for the for the book. I mean especially because, because I don't know. <laughs> Byzantine doesn't seem to exist in in this book to me. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, know. this is yeah. future uh, our future, I guess. Which kind of, I guess this kind of confirms that this is from uh, Earth, I guess. Uh, yeah, it's from our future, but it's so far away, I don't even know if they would be referencing Byzantine. Byzantine, like, yeah. Because yeah. there, there's got to be countless other civilizations between the 8,000 years from right, yeah. 2,000 to 10,000. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't know. It, it's a weird reference. I, yeah, but uh, right. But it's it's interesting that Herbert uses it. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so the Fremen seem to respect Hawat for a moment. Um, just a second. <laughs> Yeah, just a just moment. A, yeah, just tiny, tiny, like a like a glimpse. Yeah, and it's, he's saying, you know, oh, I appreciated your arm beside me, and it it 
kind of confirms that Hawat was out there physically fighting the Harkonnens as we we were speculating on that. Mm -hmm. But that really can't be good for an aged Mentat, right? And, but and yeah. then the after respecting Hawat, Fremen sneers at him for being a stranger. So I don't know what's you know what happened to this. He just had a mood shift or something. I can't really understand <laughs> the thinking here. Does the Fremen respect Hawat or not? Like what is the answer? He's what a teenager. He's got these mood swings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. Okay, I mean. I kind of understand, but also kind of don't. So I think the only thing respectable right now about Hawat is kind of his experience in battle and fighting capabilities. But like, as for everything else, Hawat is an entirely different wrong universe. Just and the Fremen knows it because like we see that Hawat like can't think properly right now because his thinking is impaired with Jessica. Um, he's not willing to comp compromise or like see the Fremen's perspective, so he doesn't understand what the Fremen are asking, right? So just like he's failing everywhere else except for fighting because like, that's he's like ingrained into him. Mm -hmm. So it kind of reminds me of the quote of my choosing from last week where Jessica acknowledges the Harkonnen threats, but she herself is wary of other un unforeseeable threats. Just like it's very obvious that you got to be fighting the Harkonnens, but at the same time, Hawa is so obsessed with fighting the Harkonnens that like, he's forgetting to like, uh, I guess, just like uplift everything else that he needs to be attending to. Mm -hmm. right he's literally like a fish out of water they respect his ability to swim but he's unable to do anything else yeah you yeah, can't like, do anything swim like really nicely but like you're not in the water right now yeah <laughs> we're we're in the desert can you swim in the desert i don't think so exactly yeah, yeah so yeah definitely that, that's honestly a good a good point mm -hmm. that's good. yeah mm -hmm. okay so now we have gotten to my quote will you show me your way the Iraqian way Okay, so before I start bringing up dead memes, yeah. I'd like to explain the context around the quote. Mm -hmm. So, as mentioned before, Hawa is extremely lost in Arrakis and has no idea how anything functions. Right. So, so when he asks a Fremen to teach him the ways, the Fremen sneers at him because, and this moment literally shows that for all of Hawat's intelligence, he's unable to adapt to such an extreme environment, and he's even mocked for it. Yeah, I, I agree because I think Hawa is too set in his ways, kind of because he's, you know, he, he's more relying on, you know, oh, I've seen this situation before, something similar to it, and I've used some solution before, <laughs> and then now I want to apply the exact same solution, right? Even, but without considering the change circumstances and without considering exactly what's what the happenstances are around right now. Yeah, um, he's like right. an old sniveling man. <laughs> yeah, he's just, he's too much, too much relying on his crystallized intelligence and uh -huh. fluid intelligence mm -hmm. um yeah for all those psych people out there um so it's also it's, like it's, yeah i was gonna say like because the reason why the fremen is sneering is also because like before before like when the harkins didn't attack the fremen were treated as like people that didn't understand what was going on like the duke and like they were like mm -hmm. gonna like civilize them or something and because yeah. they showed up the military strength and just like this whole pride just came crashing down and now uh -huh. the fremen they don't have to hide the fact that they're not weak that they're powerful that they actually know the desert way better than the trades mm -hmm. ever will so yeah. it's just like the tables have turned and now they're showing it oh it's right because like now they tables. have to rely on the fremen yeah, yeah. they're just happy they're just like i like god told you so you should listen to us from the beginning uh-huh right yeah also do you guys know the way because oh. i sure don't <laughs> I, I, well i guess yeah that that was your opportunity to bring that up because <laughs> i brought it up earlier yeah yeah <sighs> i did yeah. say uh before i start bring up dead memes so right That's yeah you, you you gave us you gave us the warning yeah <laughs> yeah 
yeah, it gave us the, the disclaimer. Um, I didn't even give a disclaimer, so props to you, I guess. <laughs> right, <laughs> but but what does it mean when the Fremen say that Paul's fate is in Liet's hands? Because Liet mm. is Kynes, right? So is it because Kynes or Liet is the one deciding whether the Fremen should help Paul? Because I don't think that Kynes even factored any into any prophecy. So that that must kind of be what it means. Like, you know, Kynes is what Kynes is the X factor yeah, here again, Kynes. you know. Yeah. I'm confused because, like, while well, knowing that Leah is Kynes, we can assume the Fremen trust that Kynes will go through what, like, whatever he has in store for Paul. So oh. we know that, like, he's going to provide Paul with a Frem kit instead of Ornithopter. But I'm just, like, confused because, like, it's like, like you said, like, he's not part of the prophecy. So is he, like, a prophet that, that makes sure the prophecy stays on track? I'm not really sure. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm not really sure either. But, the only reason I see Kynes helping Paul is because of the prophecy. Because uh-huh. once he's thoroughly convinced that Paul is the one from the prophecy, he'll probably help the, help uh, Jessica and Paul, even if it kills him. Yeah, yeah I mean, the missionary protective really did a good job here. Mm-hmm. Also makes it more dangerous because their entire societal thinking, like thinking of the whole as of the individual, just makes the whole like, die for the religion or die for the dream so much more deadly you know they would just mm-hmm. don't do it <laughs> without yeah. thinking twice yeah. yeah they're they're really loyal loyal fanatics so now really we, we see the emperor's loyal fanatics are the sardaukar and Versus. paul's loyal fanatics <laughs> or fan i don't know how to pronounce it. it's fanatics, the water right? cult yeah fanatics yeah. Fanatics, fanatics are are the fremen so here's a parallel you know paul, <laughs> we'll and, paul and the emperor with this parallel um mm-hmm. Yeah, well, so. I guess you could also call the Bene Gesserit his fanatics once he's confirmed uh, to be the Quisette Yeah, true, true, true. Right. That's true. He but I think the Bene Gesserit are more, more intent on manipulating him than helping right, him. Using, using him oh. for their purpose. Yeah, yeah. The, the Bene Gesserit like, goals or whatever. To Not achieve. sure what those are still, but you yeah. know, maybe we'll find yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, so, but Hawat really has Canley against Jessica now. So now he... <laughs> He's calling her derogatory remarks and referring to her as less than human, basically like the way he's talking about her and thinking about her. So it's kind of ironic because the Bene Gesserit are supposed to be the most human with the Gom Jabbar test and everything we oh. saw in chapter one. So that's, you know, really. And again, Hawa has it backwards, right? And I'm not saying oh. the Bene Gesserit are good people, but it's just like the, the Hawa is, you know, really, especially when we, we know Jessica is a good person. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not. He he's overgeneralizing again. I right. mean, it really brings the question like which faction is right? Like, because feel like obviously the mentas think there's a superior humans, and the benedictus think that they're the most humans. And then it's like, does like people like the duke think that they're human because there's like there's like neither? You know, I don't know. I don't think anybody's correct. It's just they're yeah, all humans wrong. except they're all different. <laughs> we're, we're all humans, but differently. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's the diversity that makes us human. Uh-huh. right yeah i don't think there's any like super race in this world um in the yeah. world yeah Definitely. it's just you know yeah just paul doesn't count because he's not a race he's just one person <laughs> yeah i guess paul is, is the super a single human. person is a race <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the race of paul you know this is paul's world and we're all just living in it yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. oh boss uh-huh. like personally laugh whenever hawa admitted to sitting with his back to the door it just really calls us back to when they were still on Kaladin and Hawat left Paul's room 
by reminding him to oh. never sit with his back to the door. Okay. And I'm, like, I'm not exactly quite. I, I don't really understand the reference as much because I'm not like I've never practiced self defense in the room. I don't really understand why. <laughs> but I guess in this case, the door that opened was that climb off guard was just like the traitor being Jessica. Well, not Jessica, but like he thinks it's Jessica. Yeah, and again, I think also it's more like he was caught off guard is kind of the what what he meant and. Again, it's another thing that Hawat did wrong. He was caught off guard. Uh, so <laughs> it adds to his kind of tally of mistakes, mistakes of through fear Hawat. You know, make a Google Doc. Yeah. Yeah, we, should, we should make a Google Doc of mistakes of through fear Hawat and just like <laughs> list, you know, one, two, every three, single four, action that he did yeah, wrong. Every single, every single thing he did wrong. Cause I mean, it's already building up a lot. We've, we're halfway into a chapter and he's, He's uh, you know, he's already had five or something. I don't know. Submit yeah, so. the appeal form for why we think Hawash should resign. He has no position now, technically. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I can't wait to see his reaction when he realizes Yue was the real traitor. I don't think I he'll know. ever realize. I think he'll die before he does. Because <laughs> you know, he, uh, even if he realizes, I don't think he'll believe it. You know, yeah, it's just yeah, like that's Jessica's just another gonna... one of those lies that Jessica manufactured. You know, yeah, he's. Yeah. I feel like Jessica will tell him, but yeah, it's gonna take a long time for him to come to terms with this, especially without evidence. Yeah, yeah especially he's so old that probably I think he'll probably die before that happens. Mm -hmm. I mean, right. because and, and it would it would be good for dramatic effect too, because he literally died with his own truths, with his own beliefs. You mm -hmm. know, um, yeah, Been and it, it's a little bit. Yeah, it's symbolic in a way that even if everything you do is wrong or, you know, that you're still willing to believe in yourself, it's something pretty respectable. Yeah. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. so also, I also like don't understand the Fremen when they say how little of what happens in like when they say how little they actually know what's going on inside Eric King. I personally think they're hiding how powerful they are, especially their espionage system from Hawaii. I feel like even though they are obviously going to help Hawat now. They're still a little reserved about about how strong they truly are, especially because Hawat doesn't seem to have adjusted quite to their customs. And just like, even before the Fremen know a surprising number already of what's already going to happen inside the city. And while like we could say that this knowledge based off of like their pure prophecy, I do believe that the knowledge is somewhat cemented from like actual Fremen spies, such as like Shout Out Mates was like a possible Fremen spy, like that passed some intel back to them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I think they're definitely hiding some sort of information on purpose to use maybe even as a bargaining chip mm -hmm. or yeah, maybe to keep the situation more ambiguous so that no one knows their next step. Right, right. Because we, we did discuss that, like the Fremen are third party in the scenario, and that they are trying to basically like manipulate their way to the favorable outcome of like terraforming Arrakis throughout right. this entire thing. Fremen third partying. Oh my gosh. Oh, I hate third partiers in games. They're so annoying. Really, <laughs> yeah. ride away <laughs> after you shoot each other. They just come in and shoot both of y'all. Like, oof. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Clean up. Right. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. Definitely, yeah. I think, yeah, I think definitely they're, you know, these these spies are like mapes are definitely trying to like get the information and and uh and manipulate like because you know the Fremen are a secret society and they're trying to get, especially because they've been so antagonized by the Harkonnens. Um, yeah, the yeah they're trying to are infiltrating us. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, yeah. Anyway, right. That's yeah. So um, I think that's. 
uh about it for today's discussion right <laughs> um so yeah that concludes the uh discussion for this episode of the do not enter podcast so make sure to read to the end of chapter 24 and do not tune in next time when we discuss it as always thanks to all of you listeners for being patient with us and being interested in our thoughts um please follow us on instagram at do not enter reddit u slash do not enter and twitter at do not enter and email us at do not enter at gmail.com that is d-u-n-e-n-o-t-e-n-t-e-r at gmail.com mm-hmm. please 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 contact contact us with questions feedback or a dare sake c- c- corrections oh, okay thank you thank you yeah I can't <laughs> Sorry. thank you um right so we would appreciate you know any and all feedback or anything i just leave it wherever email is the best place uh but yeah so anywhere would work um and also uh please uh if you have a few seconds to spare and you enjoy our content uh give us a review on itunes or spotify um just go to our uh, show uh make an account of course first go to our show and click the five star button because it's the only button that exists of course Um, yeah and uh leave some nice things and let us know that uh we're doing a good job and you would like to keep hearing from us uh one it encourages us to keep making content and two um it allows us to climb the charts which uh allows us to get dune to a wider fan base of people and also our podcast to a wider audience mm-hmm. so it helps really us with the algorithm yeah with the algorithm we're playing the game. yeah so. know our name. <laughs> yeah um so if you want to help us get famous uh do that and uh, otherwise um if you don't still go do that uh, no, <laughs> but of course uh so otherwise i think that's about it so have a great week and we will see you all back very soon See you guys. Bye.